This is episode 298 of the AWS podcast, released on February 13th, 2019. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Alicia here with you. Great to have you back, and I'm joined by a very special guest who's going to join me to talk about some really interesting innovation in the public sector. I'm joined today by Stephanie Tuzinski, who's Director of the Digital Library at the White House Historical Association. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for coming along. So maybe, Stephanie, for our global audience, what is the White House Historical Association? I mean, it's, it's a pretty famous house. We've all heard of the White House, but what does the Historical Association do? Sure. Um, WHHA is a private, nonpartisan, nonprofit. Um, we don't receive any government funding. We work with the Park Service and the White House staff to support the preservation of the house and the collections within the house. Um, some people may already know the White House has a very extensive and very important collection of important pieces of American artwork, um, including paintings, sculptures, and then, of course, the architecture of the house itself is also very important to the evolution of American architecture and movements in American architecture. So the WHHA exists primarily to support the Park Service and also educate the public about the history of the White House and um, the collections in the White House. We are not attached to any individual president or any individual administration. We focus on the entire history of the house, going back to the early competition for how the house was going to look. The People submitted designs and different suggestions for what the house should look like. So we have um, in our digital library some scans of some of those original plan suggestions, all the way up to um, recording information and taking pictures about current events, things like official state visits where a head of state comes to the White House to meet the president and the first lady um, and other annual events. The White House um, hosts an Easter egg roll every year on the Easter holidays. Um, they put up a Christmas tree in with a blue room in the White House and then there are other holiday observations. There's a menorah. Um, so we really focus on that part of the history of the house and education is one of our primary missions. That's really interesting. And it's, it's interesting reflecting on that. If you think about it, I guess the the White House is, is arguably the most iconic government structure in in the world. I mean, there's you know many, many governments, my, my own have, you know, very beautiful, grand, um, quite impressive parliament houses and government houses. But Kind of everyone knows what the White House is, but there's many treasures inside too. Yes, and unfortunately, not an enormous number of people get to visit the White House every year. Obviously, you have to come physically to D.C., um, and in order to visit the White House, you have to go through a member of Congress or some other process to get on the list to visit the White House. Um, And that was one of the reasons we were actually founded. Uh, Mrs. Kennedy, Jackie Kennedy, who was obviously First Lady in the 1960s, she was very concerned about historic preservation in general, and it was her concern about the preservation of the house and also bringing the house back to the public and back to the people. Um, She felt very strongly that the White House really belongs to the American people rather than to any individual president or even to the government. Um, So that was one one of the reasons we came into being was that vision of hers and the association was founded in 1961, um, no small part due to her activism and her involvement in getting it together and getting it launched. Wow, that's a, a long and proud history. So you mentioned, obviously, that it's, it can be difficult for people to physically access uh, the White House. So how have you been working with AWS to, to make it more accessible to others? One of the things that the WHHA initially did with Mrs. Kennedy was we published the White House 
guidebook, which is officially titled The White House and Historic Guide, which is still in print. It's in its 24th edition. Um, but Stuart McLaurin, who's the current president of the association and the rest of the board members, wanted to take that into the 21st century and find a way to use digital technology to make the White House more accessible. So earlier this year in June, we launched what's called the WH Experience app, which is available both for Apple and Android. Um, it's basically follows the same path you would take if you went on a public tour of the White House um, and also follows a lot of the information that's in our existing print guidebook. Um, the tour app um, is produced by a company called Qzium, which is based out of Boston, but it utilizes Amazon recognition technology. We built this specifically for this app, working with um, AWS services. It takes a database of the presidential and first lady portraits and you can take a selfie and using recognition, it runs a comparison between your selfie and the database of pictures and tells you which president or first lady you most resemble. Um, and then you can, you can keep doing it until you get a result you like. Um, but well, there's more and more to choose from these days, aren't there? Yes. So, uh. um, and we do have, and of course, it's, you know, it's intended to be fun and entertaining because obviously in many of these cases, you're working off of portraits, which are paintings. And so the, the matching may not be quite yeah. exact, exact as it would be with a photograph, obviously, but it was just a try to a fun way to try to get people to think about, you know, okay, well, which president or first lady do I look like? And then as you're going through the house tour, whether you're on a physical tour in the white house and looking at the app on your phone there, or there's also a version of the tour. That's just a virtual tour that can be taken anywhere uh, to sort of keep your eye out. Okay. Well, I, I looked like, you know, Best Truman. Can I spot Best Truman's portrait in anywhere in any of these rooms? And when I find it, then I can read more about the portrait and about her. Um, so to give people a little bit more of a personal connection. That's really interesting. It's a real sort of almost immersive and engaging experience. Uh, so, so clearly, Stephanie, you have a a massive IT department, um, <laughs> lots of developers, uh, money money to burn. <laughs> totally. Um, we actually don't have an on-site IT staff at the association. Um, we have, obviously, we have a wonderful contractor who does a tremendous amount of work and we love them very dearly, but they're not actually physically on site. Um, and so when this idea was first broached, I admit part of me was going, I don't know if this is a good idea. You know, there's <laughs> or just, possible. or even possible, um, given the scope of all of this, but, um, AWS has been really invaluable in helping us, um, you know, we have these ideas about things like this recognition, matching facial, matching these portraits, um, but we would never have been able to pull that off on our own without support from a company like AWS. There's no way we would have had the money or the um, time to be able to build that from scratch. And of course, that's one of the benefits of a lot of the cloud technologies, um, regardless of who's providing them, is that this lets, lets you do a lot of stuff at a scale that you might not be able to do, especially considering, you know, I'm at a small, tiny nonprofit that's got less than 50 employees. For sure, for sure. And and also, so there was also a chatbot you, you thought would be a, an interesting Edition. Tell us about that journey because that, that sounds like a really interesting experience that you're able to create. Yes, that came up at the end of we had we sort of knew the app was on the horizon when we we signed the agreement with um, AWS at the very end of 2016. So we've been working with them for a little um, over almost two years now. Um, but the chat the, the mobile application had been sort of tossed around and talked about before anything was signed. But the chatbot came up much more organically. Um, the 
folks we've worked with in professional services at AWS were telling us about this Q&A bot that had been built um, by their team and that was being made available in open source coding, um, which is, of course, very useful for a lot of people. And we had been talking about trying to integrate that into the mobile application um, and maybe using the chatbot and that technology and the Q&A bot to sort of mimic the tour. And we even, um, the guys even put together some prototypes. But I said, well, I think this, this seems kind of redundant. Why don't we try to do, take this in a different direction than the direction of just doing the app over again? We don't need to repeat that. And so I brought in our education department, um, Joanna Capps and Whitney Hain, um, who are our two education staffers. And we started talking about ways in which we could use this Q&A bot to do something that was more along the lines of educational appeal. And they responded and they said, well, the thing that most teachers around the country will ask us about is the roles that the president plays, because that's a required lesson in civics that has to be taught across the country. It's one of those things that appears in curriculum or curricula. I'm not sure which of those is correct, all over the country. So we started looking at the lesson plan that they had already put together, which we share with teachers. The association runs a teacher institute um, for a couple of weeks every summer, which uh, in which we sponsor teachers from all over the country to come to the white come to Washington um, to work with us to see our resources and then also to um, get some of the tools that we've created to help them teach this material. So we took that roles of the president process and then all of the um, information, the digital library that I run has over 11,000 pictures of the White House um, through various parts of its history. Um, so we took the pictures and the information about the House tour and sort of combined everything and said, okay, there's a certain number of defined roles. I think there's seven that the president has, including things like chief diplomat, um, head of the party, um, and so on and so forth. And we talked about what does the role mean? What does it mean to say the president is the chief diplomat? Well, he welcomes heads of state and he has meetings with other heads of state and diplomats from other countries. He welcomes ambassadors. And then we evolved that inside the chatbot to be, okay, and what part of the White House? Well, many of these events happen in the state dining room, which is specifically named because that's where most of the state dinners are held. So the chatbot's available right now on the website at whha.org. Um, if you go under educational resources, you can find the chatbot right there and open it on any web browser. Um, and that you can either type or talk to it, and it will sort of guide you through discussing the different roles of the president. Um, there's also quizzes to test how much you've learned during the course of the um, interaction with the bot. Um, so it's been really interesting because this is very new. The technology obviously has been around for a little bit, but it's just starting to sort of trickle out into the world and into different organizations. And we're pretty sure there's nobody else in the education space who's used this kind of technology for this kind of purpose as yet. So we feel like we're kind of really at the cutting edge for doing this. That's really exciting. And it's interesting. I think it's a, it's a great example of an organization that, as you said, was, was founded you know, back in the 60s and as, has really evolved its engagement style as, uh, as technology has evolved. But one of the things that also comes to mind is obviously you have a lot of you know, older files, uh, historical records, etc. I believe you used a snowball to, uh, to, to, to make those uh, accessible as well. Yes, and I just want to state for the record, we're a little disappointed that the snowball was not round and white. <laughs> feel like that was a marketing opportunity. <laughs> He's trying to say that, yeah, I, I guess given that you're, you know, the, the, you represent the White House Historical Association and it is indeed a White House uh, right. receiving a snowball that doesn't look like a snowball might have been a little disappointing. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there was a, a sort of a marketing opportunity miss with that. But um, <laughs> True. so we, we have, um, we have about eight terabytes of um, legacy photos and documents and materials that have 
we're sitting um, on a bunch of drives scattered around um, the office in different places. And obviously that's not searchable. It's not accessible. You have to go onto the individual person's computer or connect to an individual drive. And then you're fumbling through folders trying to find whatever it is that you're looking for, none of which is useful. Um, and we're, of course, many, many organizations um, all over the world are facing this same problem. Um, so because we had already established the digital library, which is a digital asset management system, um, it operates as the brain of the library. The front face that everybody can see has, has, have met, has over 11,000 files. The back end has now ingested that backlog, which is over 300,000 files. So we use a snowball to transfer that and get that into the um, photoware system. Photoware is the digital asset management software that we use to run the library. Now we have not written metadata for all of that. I don't want to make it sound like we've um, done all of that already. We're not quite that good, but we are also using recognition technology to do to work on that backlog. So it's trying to trying to categorize it using using. Uh the, the AI versus people just flicking through and having to figure it out themselves. So even if it's a first cut, that might save some time. Right, because one of the things, of course, about photos, if you're looking through documents and the documents have all, are all compatible, you can run a text search, you can type in some words and at least find documents that they come up with, but you can't do that with a photo. But what you can do with recognition is you can load certain photos in as um, reference images and then run a search and figure out, okay, well, okay, I, we by doing this, we figured out this particular folder has pictures of these presidents in it. Um, so maybe we don't know exactly mm -hmm. what's there, but we can definitely say, okay, in terms of processing this material and getting metadata written for it, we're going to put those folders up at the top of the list of the first things to do. And actually that project um, is part of a project called Cloud Enabled Preservation of Life in the 20th Century White House, which was just named as a finalist for the Digital Preservation Awards for 2018. So we're really excited um, that that work got recognized. That's fantastic. What a, what a great bit of recognition that is. So yes. what would your, um, I guess, key observations or, or lessons learned through this process be that you'd like to share with others? First of all, I would I would imagine there are a lot of other smaller institutions, especially in cultural heritage and nonprofit spaces, who hear about all of these amazing technology things that are happening with the cloud and just sort of assume that, well, that's out of our wheelhouse. We wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't be able to afford it. And it's, it's you know, that's too big for us. And they'd be thinking that it's just basically not something that's accessible to them. And I think that actually AWS in particular has done a really good job of making these things accessible. The pricing structure obviously um, has been geared to try to make it accessible to everybody. But also even the technology itself is not... Um, nearly as difficult as it potentially could be. Using the um, Q&A bot and learning how to do SSML for voice recognition, um, that was not something any of us were familiar with, you know, a few months ago. And um, while I have a long background in technology, the two education specialists that we work with didn't really. And both of them kept telling me, this has actually really been easy. It's not been nearly as difficult as we were afraid it was going to be um, in terms of working with the Q&A bot and working with the Lex service and Poly. Um, so I would, I, my hope um, with a lot of our outreach is to get in touch with other small organizations and cultural heritage institutions, in particular places that have a lot of digital or analog materials that they're trying to protect and let them know that there's actually quite a few options for cloud technology and cloud tools that could really be useful to you and don't just assume that they're going to be out of your budget or out of your um, comprehension, that you're not, you're not going to need to hire some IT specialist necessarily to work with these tools. 
Yeah, it's it's great to see it being being accessible to to more and more organisations, and as you said, at, at a cost that makes sense, particularly for 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 not for profits, etc. So, uh, so Stephanie, if our listeners want to avail themselves of these uh, digital tours and other experiences that um, that the association provides, how do they get there? So our website is um, whitehousehistory.org. It's also whha.org will work. Um, If you go to the website right now, you're going to see a lot of promotion of this year's Christmas ornament, which is our bread and butter and how our our main fundraising tool. We put out the official White House Christmas ornament every year. Um, This year is honoring President Truman, and it's a really beautiful piece that depicts the Truman balcony on the White House, which was added by President Truman during the extensive renovations he did um, following the end of the Second World War. Uh, Sorry, I had to plug that in there. Um, but <laughs> Absolutely. From from our website, you can find the digital library through um, the upper right hand corner resources. You can also go to whha.org backslash library. That page will take you to our landing page and our portal for all of the library services, which includes information on all of our um, licensing and also uh, direct access to the collection to do searches. You can also find the chatbot through links under our projects page. Fantastic! What a what a great experience, and uh, certainly, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be jumping onto that to, to see what it's so. all about. Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. All right, thank you so much. It was good to talk to you. Likewise, and thanks everyone for listening. We do love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is how you find us. And until next time, keep on building. <laughs>